A very sincere thank you to the preaching team over the, the August uh, period. I, I, I love Dennis's message, set us up well. You have to be available to God, uh, but available to others. And then, of course, we had Richard speak, and then Wendy. Wendy did a great job, and then Linda last week, she's, she's moved on out, but tour de force, wonderful way to finish the, the, the summer series. Uh, this, this talk really, that we call those in-house freestyle talks, and this is a bit of a freestyle talk, but because something really did strike me in all of those four talks, in, in spite of their diversity, there was a, a continual reminder that we are called to, to extend the kingdom by sharing our faith. Now, those of you who were here last year, we did a big thing. We, we, uh, we did a whole series called uh, walk, Just Walk Across the Room, and we set vision to, to have a big baptism in, in December, and we baptized in total that year, 79. I, I can't remember. I keep forgetting how many was on the actual night in December. But we're planning a big baptism again this, this time. But because there was this, this underlying thread that, that this is a season where there is favor on us in terms of sharing our faith with others, I felt I wanted to revisit that topic and, and just spend this week, maybe another week too, about some simple principles about sharing our faith. So by way of getting into that, uh, James, let's just run that little video. Thank you. It's called Strangers. This is Nate. Nate became a Christ follower two weeks ago and is still a bit giddy about it. Now he's trying not to do cartwheels in public. Nate became a believer partly because of Kim. Yet oddly enough, Kim and Nate have never met. Now is this possible? Well, let's take a look. Kim loved Jesus from an early age, and in college she had a huge impact on her friends. While most of her peers used their college years to, well, experiment, Kim didn't. She remained committed to her faith, and it showed. It especially showed to Lisa, her roommate, who confessed to Kim that she wanted whatever it was that made Kim so strong. Kim shared her faith with Lisa, and Lisa believed. Years later, at Lisa's first real job, she met Thomas. Thomas was hit by a drunk driver when he was 13 and still carried a lot of anger and bitterness. Thomas and Lisa became friends, and it wasn't long before he started going to church with Lisa and her husband. After a lot of studying and searching, Thomas gave his life to Christ. Fast forward a few years. Thomas became a public speaker and was often asked to speak at large events. See, when he became a believer, Thomas developed a new perspective on life. He stopped resenting what had been taken from him and started being thankful for the second chance he had been given. On one particular day, Thomas shared about overcoming hardship and what it means to choose joy. He was so passionate that a number of people were inspired to share a link to his video. The video of Thomas inspired James, too. And if anyone needed inspiration, it was him. James had a ton of issues. He spent most of his life as a passive husband, an absent father, and a horrible friend. That said, no one disliked him more than he disliked himself. But everything changed the night he happened to watch Thomas online. Something clicked and he knew what he had to do. He surrendered his miserable life to someone greater, and he was forever changed. James fought hard to make up for the lost years with his family. And he also began working with young men who were in danger of throwing their lives away. One of those men was Nate. Nate didn't really know his own dad, and he had no real direction in life ultimately bouncing from one bad decision to another. Because of that, he often found himself in trouble with the law. 
No one had ever showed him what it looked like to be a real man. That is, until he met James. James became the first father figure Nate ever had. He learned about honesty, self-control, humility, and integrity, and where those traits come from. Two months later, Nate publicly declared his belief in Christ. And of course, James was there. Now you can see the connection. Nate was impacted by James, who was influenced by Thomas. Thomas saw an uncommon joy in Lisa, who learned of Jesus from Kim. Kim's relationship with God eventually led to Nate's. Funny how these two people have never met and never will. That's a great little clip, and it reminds us that it's not down to you. It's not down to you to sort of act at every point. It's about Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit, and us working together to do our part. So will you please turn with me, and it'll go up on the screen if you can't do this, but turn with me, please, to Colossians chapter 4, and uh, we're just going to look at uh, half a dozen verses here. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Amen. And I want to pull out a few things that I've learned. I've used this summer. I've had many opportunities to witness to people this summer. And things, some simple principles that we can draw out of this passage about sharing our faith. First of all, pray, and that's very much on our agenda. Pray that, that, you know, that you will be available to God like Dennis entrusted us and, and charged us to do. Pray that you will, you, will, you will seize the day and seize those opportunities. But in doing that, let's not be frantic. Let's not be desperate, because that's very off-putting. But pray. You know, when we were teaching through the uh, intercession series, uh, I, I, I started, I think, with the Lord's Prayer, and that was my brief, and uh, I encouraged you to begin every prayer with this, Lord, let your name be honored throughout the earth, let your kingdom come throughout the earth, let your will be done throughout the earth. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I have incorporated that in my prayer life. That's why I'm not downcast about the growing family campaign. I'm encouraged. We're praying that God's will be done. And I believe that if Jesus said pray that, then we're on a winner. We pray the prayers of Jesus. And if we're praying the prayers of Jesus, well, we can expect God the Father to answer that. So I pray every day, Father, let your name be honored in all the earth. Let your will be done in all the earth. Let your kingdom come in all the earth. And the moment you start getting serious about that and being seeking to be available, as Dennis encouraged us, and uh, then things begin to happen. So the first thing is to pray. Paul says here, pray. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful. 
Look out for those opportunities and be thankful. That's another thread that we're hearing time and time again, whatever the circumstances that you find yourselves in. And today, this, you know, while I was away, while Fritz and I were away, you had a wonderful prayer meeting for Iraq. You know, Christians and others are in dire straits. This is a world where, you know, there are huge discrepancies, huge challenges for many people. And so I am grateful, Fliss and I, as we were coming in this morning, we were just going through little prayers of thanksgiving for those blessings that God has, has sent our way. We are blessed. So Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer and be watchful and be thankful. And pray for us too, he says. So the first thing is pray. The second thing is, is to pray for opportunities. Pray for us too, he says, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Now, now we have said a number of times this year that, that actually what we carry in this good news about Jesus, about a father's love for us and, and the extraordinary lengths he's gone to to bring us home, that was a mystery. That was, nobody, you know, before Christ, nobody had even conceived other than the, the Trinity themselves of such an extraordinary, audacious rescue plan. But that being the case, since Christ has come and died for your sin, that, that thing that dogs you, died for your shame, those things that, that beset you, as Christ has done those things for us, now we can live the other side of that and we can be washed clean, we can be, we can be restored to the relationship with our Father, we can have the hope of heaven, and we get enrolled into the family business, which is what all this gig is about. So Paul says, be watchful, pray, give thanks, and pray that I, you, we may have opportunities. Verse 3, pray for the opportunities you know, as I think over this last year, I, the, the, the last three months, I've had opportunities to, to pray for and with my, one of my neighbors who's going on great with Christ now. When I first met him, the first few months, he spent the whole time saying he was of Jewish extraction and he was of no interest whatsoever. He's actually moved away from us. But do you know what? I spoke to him this week. He's going to Gateway Vineyard Church in Norwich and having a ball. And prior to that, he went to Bury St. Edmund's Vineyard Church, and he's having a ball there. He heads up their welcome team. And just to cause a little, he has this rather bizarre thing, but if it works for him, it works for him. He has a different funny hat every week, which is always a talking point. I'm not sure whether I'm commending our team to do that, but at least it gets noticed. But this is a guy who was saying, back off. And now he is sold out for Jesus. And he's probably listening to this talk, so God bless you, Peter. God bless you. I've had opportunities to uh, share with my, uh, my friends. They've become friends in the car club. Uh, I may say more about that later. I just, I'm just a bit conscious of time. But this summer, I went away camping with them. Oh my gosh. Me camping in a hike tent. And it was the weekend that... Um, Hurricane Bertha came through. <laughs> there are some stories there, but I'm, not, I'm going to resist the temptation to tell you about them now. But suffice it to say, I was just blown away. <laughs> that was unintentional. That's really good. <laughs> blown away. 
blown away by the opportunities I had to witness to Christ. I didn't set anything up, but I took a, I'd listened to my dear friend and colleague's word about being available, and suddenly the conversations I'm having, unbelievable. And then acquaintances, you know, I was, I think I've told you this one just before we went away. Luke Harrison, member of our congregation here as a local solicitor, invited me to, got, got me an invitation to the Chamber of Commerce here. And I tell you, I had the most incredible conversation with the owner of one of the most prestigious restaurants in this city. Uh, I, 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 we were the last one out. Everybody else had gone because this person just would not, Stop asking me really deep, meaningful questions. Pray that you are available to God. Pray that you take those opportunities and don't just run off in a panic. I have done that. There have been times when I've gone home and I've said to Fliss, oh dear, you know, they asked a question and I, I was embarrassed. It took me by surprise. I didn't know what to say. I just sort of looked at my watch and said, oh, I'm really sorry, good question, but I've got to catch a bus. You know, bus? I've been on a bus for 40 years, you know. Um, or whatever, you know, I've blown it, but hey, I'm trying not to blow it. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to take a deep breath, not look surreptitiously at my watch. If you've got to pick up the kids from school, that's different, I understand. But you know what I mean? Pray for the opportunities. And then keep it simple, verse 4. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. You know, I, I think one of the biggest things as I've, we, we've done little surveys over the past and as I've spoken to Christians about why they have difficulty showing their faith, they, they nearly always say, I don't feel like I know enough. Anybody want to own up to, 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 to that as being one of the factors which inhibits? You're, you're worried that you might get asked some question and then you'll hash it and make a fluff of it. So a lot of hands went up. You know, the truth of the matter is... The great secret in answering questions is keep it real. Keep it real. If they ask a good question and you haven't got a clue, you just say, do you know what, that's a brilliant question. I've even wondered about it, but, but I don't know. All I can say is that from my life experience, you know, I was floundering, I was lost, my marriage was on the rocks, or my business was going great and I was going headlong into success. Whatever the story is, keep it real, honor the question, don't fluff the question or say, that's a really great question, I, I could probably find out for you. But you know what I have found is this, because people love stories. They love your story. They, they don't want some great big theological treatise. They want to know how it works for you. Keep it real. Keep it real. Verse 5, very important, and this is probably one of the most challenging things, and it's simply this walk the talk. Be a Christian in season and out of season. Paul says, give me grace to speak in season and out of season. I'm saying to you, church, be a Christian in season and out of season. Sometimes at work, sometimes at college, sometimes in the school backyard, there are challenges. You are, peer pressure would have you do things that you just know you have a bad feeling about. Those are difficult moments, but you know what? You have to walk the talk. Uh, this is slightly related, 
it's slightly adjacent, but it's slightly related. I had a funny old thing happen. One about, this was last Christmas at the car club I'm a part of. Um, the guy who was going to be Santa Claus came up to me. He's a bloke called Pinky. He's a bit of a character. With a name like Pinky, he has to be, you know. So Pinky comes up to me. He's dressed up in a Santa's garb. And he comes up to me. He says, Chris, I, I just wanted to... I, I was blessed that he asked me. He said, Chris, I just want to have a quick word with you. You know, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm Santa. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, doing a little speech as I give the gifts away. But you know what? I'm, I'm probably going to be effing and blinding a bit. And... Um, I didn't want to offend you, and, uh, you know, uh, I just thought I'd run it past you. And I thought, so I said to her, I said, Pinky, you know, honestly, F and blind as much as you like. Do whatever you need to do. And he says, you wouldn't be offended. I said, well, I won't like it personally, but that's not the point. You be true to yourself, mate, and thank you for letting honoring me and because I'm going to be true to myself so you be true to yourself so anyway Pinky's presentation comes up and he came up and he was funny and he was hilarious and he had us all rolling around and he didn't swear once you see when we act with integrity when we're true to God and true to ourselves there's something about that that people like I told him I wasn't comfortable with it but if he needed to do that, that was okay by me. And then he chose, he made a choice. I don't think the be all and end all is whether someone swears or not, to be perfectly honest. But in that context, a bunch of lads, all bevied up. That was, I thought, interesting. Walk the talk, walk with integrity in your business. You know, let your dealings be honest. Some of you may not know this, but the vineyard, our roots, our founder, John Wimber, was a Quaker. The Quakers in the old pioneer days were the, were the uh, retailers of choice. Did you know that? In the old pioneer days, the uh, uh, frontier men would always go and buy their provisions from Quakers. Why? Because they were cheapest? No, actually they weren't always the cheapest. But if you bought a pint of milk from a Quaker grocer, it wasn't watered down with chalk water, which was very common. If you bought a pound of grain from a Quaker, you got good quality grain, not a bit of sand in the bottom, which was what everybody did. If you bought a slab of meat from a Quaker, you got the slab of meat and the underside of the weights that were used to measure that weight had not been drilled out and filled with lead in order to tip the scales. Quakers, our spiritual ancestors, have a reputation for integrity. Walk with integrity. Because if you walk with integrity wherever God may take you, Whatever challenges you find in the classroom, at the school gate, in business, at home, if you walk with integrity, people notice. And then they ask questions. And finally, Paul says this. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Try not to cuss and swear. 
Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. How will you know how to answer someone? You will know by listening to God, by maybe doing an alpha course if you need to. You're getting a bit of information. But, but first of all, you've got to understand the question. So the first thing we need to have a reputation for is loving and listening. We get a bit desperate. Somebody asks a remotely spiritual question and we think we've got a pile in there with the ABC of Hind of Christ and you know, the gospel and the a doctrine of the Trinity and, and, and come to church next Sunday because we're having a wonderful time. You know, chill out, guys. Listen. Now, while I was away with Big Bertha and the hurricane and all the rest of it, I was in this flapping tent and there's this great big chap called Mark there He's a nice bloke, but he's a bit of a character. And we found ourselves sitting next to each other around a kind of a fire pit as the night wore on. And I had been chatting variously, and he's a very quiet guy. And so I turned to Mark and I said, uh, are you going away this summer? And he said, yeah, I'm going away. I said, where are you going to? He kind of shuffled a bit. Long story short, he's going to India to go fishing. He's a fisherman. And then I said, oh, I've been to India. And I happened to mention that we've been to Derudun. He said, Derudun? I'm going to Derudun in about three weeks' time. So we started talking about Derudun. Why were you in Derudun, Chris? I was in Derudun because I was leading a lead, doing a leaders' meeting, which is the truth. And then we were visiting some orphanages. He said, you do orphanages? What's that? Well, I won't bother to paraphrase the rest of the conversation. We talked for an hour and a half. The conversation got deeper and there was more connection, and there was more grace. And I listened as he told me about the concern he had for some of the fishing guides and their villages, and how the water levels are dropping through, through overuse, uh, over, over uh, agriculture. And there, he and a few mates are now trying to set up a little kind of a school thing, and we talked a bit about that. And there was a connection, and there was a respect, and there's another conversation that's going to take place. Simple principles. Don't get in a sweat about this. Pray. Pray for opportunities. Keep it simple. Walk the talk. Learn to love and listen. Amen.